Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, longtime listeners to the Clone Wars Report and in some of our other report shows uh, might know, I usually tee it up, and then Ken sometimes makes music or a surprise noise. Uh, yes. I that was that was a. a a diseased laugh. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think as you were as you were talking. I was like, "What? What is a silly little sound moment that stands up?" And, and it's the vibe of Dooku just kind of 
just going, this is, this is not for me anymore. We're pulling out of this. (laughs) That, that, okay. Now I recognize it. Uh, Well captured. And I do like that vibe that Dooku has in many episodes of the Clone Wars, but this one in particular is sort of like, I let you open a franchise of, uh, of Dooku's hamburgers and you're doing just a crap job. So I'm pulling my resources. Yeah. It also had the vibes of uh, the Beatles song. You know, my name, look up the number at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excellent Beatles reference to kick us off in our examination of this uh, Clone Wars arc. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person with the wonderful Count Dooku laugh is Ken Napsok. We are excited to be diving back in after a little break. We're diving into season five of the Clone Wars, discussing the overall arcs. Season five is interesting because there are many big, chunky arcs. Mm. (laughs) I don't know if I'll just use that phrase again, chunky arcs, but it's a lot, right, Ken? A lot. Yeah, most dogs agree. Chunky arcs are the best food for them <laughs> in, the, in the bowl there. But yes, no, it's, uh, I'm, I think when, when we started the Clone Wars report, there was little episodes and moments and beats along the way that it was like, oh, can't wait to analyze, can't wait to take that four center gaze and put it upon the Clone Wars. And this is just one of the biggest arcs I, I just was really looking forward to, to get to. Yeah, a ton of stuff going on here. Suddenly, Saw Guerrera. The episodes in this arc are Season 5, Episode 2, A War on Two Fronts, written by Chris Collins and directed by Dave Filoni. Season 5, Episode 3, Front Runners, written by Chris Collins and directed by Stuart Lee. Season 5, Episode 4, The Soft War, written by Chris Collins and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Season 5, Episode 5, Tipping Points, written by Chris Collins and directed by Bosco Eng. That is uh, a fun list because same writer for all of them. And then just kind of the all-star team of directors of Clone Wars. Yeah, all the big names coming out. And I hadn't uh, really focused on Chris Collins as a writer. I think I'm going to now and see, is he just like a student of military history? Like what brought him to this arc? You know, did he raise his hand in the writer's room and say, I got this one? Uh, so curious about that. It's it's wonderful and, and so deep and so layered. Yeah, it is really deep and really layered and distinctive. I think it is one of those Clone Wars episodes or arcs rather where there is definitely still that Star Wars sense of action and fun and levity, but not as much. This is mm-hmm. mostly just uh, incredibly I- intense uh and very political, uh, which brings me to the next thing I wanted to say, Ken, which is a wooga, a wooga, one of our alarm noises that we sometimes mm-hmm. make for spoilers. I feel like this arc is worthy of a political warning, right? <laughs> um, we uh, always here at Force Center, we want to acknowledge that some people come to Star Wars in general for a little bit of escape. Some people come to Star Wars podcasts for a little bit of a escape. Uh, we, we generally don't bring up a lot of real world uh, politics because we want to respect that sometimes people need a break. But we are also of the opinion that Star Wars is inherently political and always has been. And sometimes there are these arcs where it is hard to ignore that real world stuff. It might creep in. Right. This is a just in intensely uh political uh, arc don't you think yeah yeah I, yeah i think it's actually good a, a, a half joke but like get this out of the way as it will influence a lot of the the conversation i think but yeah i mean this is ripped from the headlines like a like an nbc procedural show but it, it truly is um I don't want to say inspiration, but it's just drawing from the real world history of the Soviet uh, Afghanistan war, the CIA's involvement. Uh, I mean, down to the beats, down to the debuts of uh, hind helicopters, attack helicopters, down to the debut of a uh, clone war, you know, clone uh, separatists, excuse me, uh, attack gunships. It, it's 
it doesn't take a lot of deep dive research to get to that when you're looking at Clone Wars stuff. Uh, and I saw a couple of YouTube videos that's just like, hey, let me watch. And it's great beat for beat. But I don't think I think I think these episodes uh, ask ask questions that are tough to answer uh, and don't uh, lead to a beat by beat historical ending. It goes to a different direction. And, and, and all that to say, it's like it's there. And I don't think when I watched this the first time around, I just thought, oh, pew, pew, pew. It probably means something. I'll figure it out another time. We'll hear 10 years later. I'm here to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, when I first watched it, it was definitely like uh, I was in, invested in the Star Wars of it in the justice for the Jedi or uh, shaking a finger at the Jedi and yep. wrestling with, you know, hey, Star Wars comes out in 77 and it's a fun story of rebels fighting an evil empire and then over the years the jokes come out of like aren't they terrorists and then i was shocked to be like oh star wars is is taking that debate that uh, people Mm -hmm. can have sometimes seriously and sometimes jokingly of like right the terrorist rebels same thing depending on your point of view or are they and just really get into that and tackle it yeah no again uh Clone Wars emerging from uh, Snips and and Stinky and Artui and, and a movie that people didn't take to, uh, you know, and then suddenly here a few seasons later, you've got this probably for the more, uh, you know, uh, important, intriguing and, uh, you know, deep uh, Star Wars episodes, uh, you know, content of just Star Wars content overall. It's, it's, it's pretty stunning uh, for this show to, to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, just want to give people that warning. And if you're not in the mood or in the place for a, a, a story of the fun space saga that mm-hmm. also veers into heavy real world stuff, uh, totally understand if this is an episode to skip. But for those of you who want to dive in with us, we're going to get into the summary. Are you ready for this, Ken? Yes, sir. All right. Occupation. The inner rim planet of Ondron has been invaded by separatist forces. Through their installed puppet leader, King Rash, the Separatists have legitimized their occupation. But a band of rebels resist, including a young Saw Gerrera, his formidable sister Stila Gerrera, and former Separatist Lux Bonteri. The group reaches out to the Jedi for help. The Jedi are concerned about inserting themselves in the planet's internal politics, but agree to train and supply the rebels. As a trial run to see if such tactics can work without descending into fear-inducing terrorism, the Council sends the powerful Jedi team of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, and clone Captain Rex to train the Rebels. Saw and Lux vie for leadership of the group. Saw is aggressive and prefers the way of the soldier. Lux is more delicate, hoping to win the hearts of the people like a politician. Stila proves herself by adapting as needed. The Separatists discover the Rebels' hidden jungle base and attempt to destroy them, but the Rebels achieve their first victory. The Republic heroes depart, leaving Ahsoka behind to guide and mentor and monitor the Rebels. The Rebels then stage successful attacks in the capital city of Isis, including a daring plan to destroy the power substation that supplies the battle droids with their energy. The Jedi congratulate the rebels, but warn that military victory is not enough. They must win the hearts of the Onderon people. In response, the rebels vote Stila to be their leader. Seeking to control the situation, King Rash plans to execute the unjustly deposed King Ramses Dendup. Stubbornly, Saw rushes to rescue Dendup. He fails and is captured by the leader of the Onderon Royal Guard, General Tandon. Marched out for public assassination, Dendup and Saw are rescued by the combined efforts of Stila's leadership. General Tandon's decision to stand with the rebels and Ahsoka finally using her power to protect the rebels. The people are won over, but the revelation that the Jedi are involved causes Dooku to send reinforcements to wipe out the resistance. 
Knowing the horrible odds, Anakin finds a way to intervene, buying rocket launchers from pirate Hondo Onaka. The rebels leave the city to protect civilians, and a massive battle ensues. HMP droid gunships rain fire on the rebels, zealous to destroy the enemy, saw blast a gunship, and sends it hurtling into Stila's position. Lux and Ahsoka attempt to rescue her, but Stila falls to her doom. Andron mourns, but through Stila's leadership and sacrifice, the planet has been freed and united. Lux, who has long despised the Republic, is convinced of their heroism and agrees to become the official Republic Senator of Andron. Freedom is won for now. Bum, bum, mm. bum. So that was the, the short version, Ken. I edited a lot. It's a lighthearted romp through the wilds of the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> it really is. So uh, with that in mind, what was your overall reaction? You love it, like it, struggle with it. Where does this one land for you? Yeah, it's always been a favorite arc, and it now has more deeper meaning to the Star Wars world, and you can't ignore the real-world statements. I, I really think if you're still listening to this point, you're here for the real-world statements. And I, as I always say, the questions that the episode has for us, and I, I sometimes love diving into the questions and star Wars doesn't necessarily say, Hey, here's the answer. Sometimes I think star Wars is very clear about the answer. And and this episode has some very clear things that I think star Wars Mm -hmm. is saying, but there's also some like, Hey, you know, I always think star Wars at at its best is trying to show a world that could be as opposed to just dealing with the, 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 the yucky evil gray that sometimes exists in our world. And there's other fantasy properties and, and IPs that deal with, Hey, here's the world as it is. Like, how do we get through this? I think star Wars is always one of those properties. That's like, here's what could be. And here's these questions. And if you look at it and analyze it and find the core and, and hope over fear, hope versus fear, I think you find a good way forward. I think this episode, these episodes do all that. Uh, it's an important arc. And look, it's, we're, at the time of this recording, you got uh, the 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 uh, invasion of Ukraine going on, and it, it's it's hard for me to separate that. Looking at this, mm-hmm. Stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think sometimes Star Wars is like, yes, we don't want you to separate that. So it all boils down to some four wonderful, uh, deep, uh, and like I said, uh, intriguing episodes. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think that a lot of times Star Wars does present an answer of kinds. And I think this one raises a lot of questions. I think it presents some answers, but often the answers are, here's what could work to maybe resolve a situation like this if enough people had the hope and optimism to buy in or the mm-hmm. bravery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that's where Star Wars always comes back to hope versus fear. I think, you know, Rise of Skywalker is such a great example of, you can look at that film with cynicism and say, well, people, that many people wouldn't show up. This is just a fairy tale. But like, that's yeah. the fairy tale part of it is like, but what if? <laughs> yeah. What if everybody had the the hope, the bravery, the optimism to, to push past the fear and the cynicism uh, to show up? for mm-hmm. one another, you know? And I think this is another arc that deals, it, 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 there's more murky and more questions, but I think it does have some some answers that are, boy, wouldn't it be great if this worked in the real world. I Yeah, another a well said back to you, a ping pong of well said, sir. <laughs> a ping pong game there. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the way I always kind of look at the, some of these big Star Wars episodes. Even we've been talking with the attachment and, and the justice for the Jedi, and there seems to be this undercurrent of a lot of Star Wars discussions these days about those bad, evil Jedi who just dogmatic and got it wrong. And it's like, ah, yeah, I don't think that's what it's saying. I just, it's a, it's a picture of what could be a picture of... Uh, uh, what uh, you know could have been avoided, and I think that's a, that's part of the dare I say fun of Star Wars to dive into those questions in a safe way and then take them into the real world. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I always liked this arc, but it mm. has only grown, and you know, a part of that is obviously 
uh, saw. But yeah. there's this is such a hugely important story arc to the overall story of the Clone Wars that you and I have been tracking as we watch, where it starts with they're just like, we're going to try to control the Outer Rim. Uh, that didn't work. Uh, we're going to try to end the battle real fast, end the war real fast. That's not working. And mm-hmm. things just keep getting darker and darker and darker. And this is, uh, you know, a part of that story. This is a, a big arc that's about questioning the Jedi's role in the war, um, mm-hmm. about are they defending? Uh, do they need to be more aggressive in order to actually be defending? Are they not acting when they should be acting, vice versa? Uh, there's so much that's setting up uh, the rebellion against the Empire. Um, it also, I think, is just such a great Ahsoka arc. Uh, I had never really watched it with the mind of, oh, this is the beginning right of season five she leaves at the end of season five and this is i think one of her steps toward leaving the order right I um think so, yeah. she's framed so well in this episode is not only she's grown a ton and you can see that in in the way that obi-wan and anakin uh treat her right but just in the way it's directed by all those great directors she is constantly framed as listening to the debates mm-hmm. learning uh the moral compass the one who kind of finds the the best path out of the ones offered by the other Jedi. So I think it's just such a great Ahsoka arc as well. That's a great point to see where this episode, the season begins and where, where it ends that that's absolutely what's going on here. The growth uh, she's, she's always snips at the heart of that, uh, of course, but like, there's no question, and, and and there shouldn't be any question of them leaving Ahsoka behind to handle this situation. <laughs> like that's that's a big moment, but she's had wonderful uh, large moments uh, in in the previous seasons. But there, there's not even a debate. It's like cool, you got this, Ahsoka. We'll see you. We're going back, and 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 I think that's a testament to the growth of the character and an absolute uh, important step. There's so many moments where. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I sat down and watched these episodes, and I, I I have the overall you know end result in my mind. But then there's little beats that I forgot, and there was a couple of moments with her, with her. I'm like, no, Ahsoka's right. Grab your lightsabers. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and so I love kind of experiencing that all of this through her eyes too. Yeah, and I love that. That's kind of there's a button on it with Obi Wan saying this has been quite a journey for our Padawan. Like mm. it's a hell of a thing for Obi Wan to say. Like. <laughs> Uh, diving in there and taking some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love nice. uh, final kind of big picture thing for me is I just like uh, that even though in this arc there are absolutely some great victories, like a lot of the victories in Clone Wars, they come with this asterisk of like, but that victory is going to turn sour. Uh, but even though there's a lot of hope and a lot of uh, success and bravery and all this, I love that there is still kind of this sense of doom that hangs over everything, including in that first episode, the way it's night on Coruscant, so it makes logical sense, but mood-wise, thematic-wise, the Jedi Temple and Coruscant are dark. This is Mm. not a beacon of light right now, and I love that sort of visual cue right at the beginning of the arc. Mm, Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's the opening track of the album to come. (laughs) Dark and moody (laughs) Jedi Temple. Yeah, it starts with a dark Dooku laugh and a dark chord. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the morals of the episode. Uh, Four episodes, four morals. Uh, The first one is fear is a malleable weapon. The second one is to seek something is to believe in its possibility. The third, struggles often begin and end with the truth. And finally, disobedience is a demand for change. Uh, Mm. I thought these were all great morals i thought they are all really related to the individual episodes in the overall arcs which one of them uh which one of them or or multiple thems uh, mm-hmm. jumped out at you 
a great, great morals here. You're absolutely right. Some, some great bumper sticker philosophy. You know, I love that stuff. I, I, I gravitated. And it's so funny. I started to take, I as often do take it out of the walls of Star Wars into my own life, which almost has nothing to do with what's going on in this episode sometimes, but like struggles begin and end with the truth was one that really just kind of stood out uh, as, as a real powerful one. That's all the, also the episode where uh, general tandem uh, switches, right? I wasn't mm-hmm. traitor, uh, not any, not anymore. And those hard truths are something I sometimes uh, get obsessed with when watching these things uh, about uh, these characters having to face something and how that does truly sometimes start your journey. And I'm going through some of that now of like, I, I, I might be struggling in this area because of this. And how do I solve it? Well, it's this and these two truths at the beginning and end of the journey. It's so true. I really uh, gravitated towards that. And all of these characters at one point face a very hard truth. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one is a, a really great one. It's one of those ones that relates to uh, big Star Wars story ideas and uh, big stakes in real life, but also just like, you know, hey, are you going to send that email or not? <laughs> you, you know you have to. Uh, so I, I like that one a lot. I love fear is a malleable weapon. There's so much said about fear in, in Star Wars, but this is a really uh, a different kind of take on it to me that it's just such a reminder that the Jedi are just like, we do not use fear as a tool. Fear is a tactic, mm. even if it's strategically sound, maybe yeah. that we do not deal in fear. We do not spread that. And, you know, obviously that gets into the whole conversation of terrorist versus uh, resistance fighter, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch. So I don't want to dive into that too much, but I just thought that was, that was a great um, moral to really clarify that perspective uh, of the Jedi that, you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to use uh, truth. <laughs> uh, they're not threatening people to, to frighten people. If they're, you know, if the Jedi are getting to the point where they're going to use violence, they're telling you a fact <laughs> right? And, and you can react. They're not trying to make you afraid. You know, they mm. want to be honest and direct. Well, that it means to an end fear cannot be says Yoda. And then later on Boba Fett, he says the same thing, you know, Yep. Boba Fett. He's like, I heard Yoda say this one. No, I wasn't there. Boba Fett, basically an extremely violent Jedi, right? <laughs> I think so. I think <laughs> we joke. Good. We joke. Uh, the disobedience is a demand for change is, to me, one of just the most baldly yeah. political uh, effects the yeah. real world. Like, uh, it, that it goes along with a lot of what the episode uh, is saying about the it's the will of the people that is going to ultimately make a difference. Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought that was just a, that's a, you know, some of these morals for uh, the Clone Wars are just like fun things about like, you know, don't steal cookies. <laughs> Be honest, kids. Yeah. Like it, some of them can have that vibe and some are like, <laughs> uh, disobedience is sometimes the only way to go, kids. Is, well, you know, it's a it's a bigger one. I was laughing at it because it, it's true. It's 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 great uh, and and fuels the the heart of the rebellion later on, without a doubt. I had a little. I remember early in the Clone Wars report, I was doing a lot of uh, Coach Ken uh, has coaching advice from the clones <laughs> and I, I saw this one and i was like oh you know connected with the way you did uh, as well and how you explained it but i also thought well you know kids sometimes you're just unruly all right get back in line so maybe, maybe i'll leave that that uh, that thought not in these episodes it is fun for you to imagine you giving this one as advice to your little leaguers of like uh, just having them <laughs> throw their gloves down and like yeah disobedience is a demand for change ryan stay in line keep your glove on <laughs> no 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 orange slices yet no orange slices uh <laughs> disobedience is a demand for orange slices is yeah. quite the different moral yeah. all right let's dive in then to the big ideas of the episode the big themes uh what was at stake for you in these episodes there's a lot to discuss but i'm very curious where yeah. you start 
Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I, I'm going to throw, I, I'm going to tell you where I end, which is, uh, hear me <laughs> out the here. Truth. The, the truth. Hope, right? Star Wars seems to like hope a lot. We we touch upon that. And, uh, but I really, honestly, like almost fist pounding on the table, Joseph, really believe every Star Wars story has to be about hope versus fear in some way or another. Is there di- different ways to do it? Yes. But I still think that's the point. Uh, and that might put me, put me on a ledge that some people want to push me off of here. But I really think so. I think everything kind of builds to that. Uh, how do you find hope in this situation? And there's a lot of things along the way that uh, uh, come up. And and one of the ones that jumped out to me was this. It's a two parter. It's conviction and then the cost of conviction. Mm. Uh, and, and that's sometimes the truth you have to face. If I do this and I take this stand here. My disobedience leads me to this uh, demand for change. This could happen. And you have to, and that's what we all might have to weigh in our own lives, big and small, in the real world right now, big and small. You can uh, just find yourself uh, just with the full conviction to 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 put your, your heart, mind, and soul, and efforts, and body, and maybe even life behind something. There's going to be a cost of it. And you have to be able to still find the, the hope in that and maybe even the hope after that cost is deducted from uh, uh, the situation and maybe even lives. So I, I just think that's a big one that starts us on the path towards hope. Yeah. Really, really weighing the the cost of like, we mm-hmm. don't want this in this situation. I mean, we do not want to be occupied by separatists. We, yeah. the people, uh, or at least this band of people, this resistance band do not recognize this as legitimate, even though it kind of looks on paper to the rest of the galaxy. Like it is like mm-hmm. it's, a bad choice that this government made, but you know, who, who's the Republic, who's the Jedi to go, Hey, you made a bad choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but so for them, they, they know that this is wrong. And then that, that cost of that choice of, is it worth the loss of life and the fear mm-hmm. that we might spread? Um, I yeah. think is really powerful. Uh, I, a couple, I really liked it the way they talked about fear, it, fear and hope is just really this question of, will they, can we conduct ourselves in such a way that the people will have enough hope that change is possible that they'll join us or will they not be able to get past their fear? Like a a couple of specific quotes I really liked is um, when Obi-Wan says, uh, I agree. We need to be mindful of public perception. What was your observation? Padawan who's specifically asking Ahsoka, which is great. And, and Mm. she's kind of in shadows and she says the people were fearful master. Mm -hmm. Um, and Stila, I think it's around the same conversation. This quote from Stila, I love. Uh, they're talking about the people. They're afraid we're not strong enough to win. I think that just kind of gets to the heart of it. it. To me, it reminds me of that great Rise of Skywalker discussion that's mm-hmm. everywhere in Star Wars, but Rise of Skywalker, I think, makes it so explicit of like, there are more of us than them. So if we band together and all stand up, it will be okay. But it is so frightening to do, and fear can hold you back from from doing that not to turn this into a rise of skywalker discussion but the understandable complaint of hey i thought luke inspired everybody it wasn't shouldn't that be enough and i think that was to me i've i this is again i'm out on a ledge feel free to push me off even you joseph but it's like i always looked at that that that's the big override overriding thing of like luke a hero inspiring yes we need that but then there's this practical application of it that rise of skywalker deals with and and could they have mentioned luke's name a couple times yeah 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 sure sure I, i'm with you on that if if that's part of your complaint for for skywalker yeah great um, <laughs> but that's the stuff with poe good people will will fight if we lead them and 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 i thought about that in these moments too with that stuff Steela was saying like yeah they'd love to have hope 
it, 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 we, they're not convinced we can win. How do we convince them? And also that's, you know, a lot of the, the working together, the teamwork, perseverance, training, all that's part of this journey. And, uh, and, and can we get together on the same page to, to actually practically lead these people forward? I think, I think it's a big, uh, big, uh, the other side of inspiration, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think for me, that's where, you know, we were talking at the top of the podcast that up to a point, I think this art kind of uh, offers a theoretical example of of how how a, a battle like this might work, you know, mm-hmm. um, where it, it, it kind of just directly uh, deals with some of the tension that's in Star Wars that is Star Wars so often preaches uh, pacifism and let's uh, talk it out first and let's not be tricked mm-hmm. by our own angered fear into battles that aren't necessary it's it's got such a heart of gold about pacifism but then it also tells stories where like you know with the nile or with uh sheev palpatine's empire where like yeah leia and padme and other characters stand up and go yeah but we have to resist and i think the big picture of this episode is it it makes this argument that yes resistance to oppression is necessary and it takes physical action and bravery there's kind of an almost a an an argument for the perspective of the soldier physically having to to take action Mm -hmm. but then it brings up that great star wars question that's always there of like but how you fight is everything yoda Mm -hmm. says it in in this episode he says it uh to ezra in in rebels how you fight Uh, it's the argument that leia is making in the last jedi how we choose to fight is everything and i think what this arc really does is it takes this idea of the soldier and the politician and the military being supported by the people and it makes this argument that in order to resist oppression a combination of daring physical action and inspiring leadership is necessary to win the day because the goal isn't just destroy the enemy the goal is to give the power back to the people and it has to be about inspiring hope just as it is as much as it is about you know striking back against the enemy yeah this gets uh starts uh getting into this theme ahead of uh, this working together teamwork all skills needed which just sounds like a business getaway where we're all gonna just team build and do trust falls but i love this stuff with stila I love the stuff with Saw. You and I have always talked. We, we do love the character of Saw in the sense of uh, what he represents and, and what he could represent. And, 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 and I love that he's pictured here as, you know, a little selfish, a little bit for himself, all in good causes. Yes, he's, he's going for the right things, but the way he does it is not complete. And it's never probably going to be complete, probably a lot because of the trauma he, he suffers at the end of this arc here, I think. But uh, yeah, Stila, this idea of, of both sides, you need all this complete, uh, complete uh, effort to, to, to win the day, to, to feel this hope. I loved all that stuff there. Yeah, I love what you're saying. There's a lot about leadership and who is going to lead. And I really thought, saw this theme emerging of uh, the group coming before the individual. Star Wars always wrestles with the individual having value, but also the individual has to be a part of the group. We're all connected. Um, so there's uh, that great, the great uh, sort of uh, threads of jealousy that go through everything. Yeah. And the wonderful, um, you know, Anakin setting off every irony alarm in the galaxy by giving Ahsoka really good <laughs> advice that he doesn't take himself. Uh, but this is one of those great moments, these great arcs where Anakin and Obi-Wan are both being like good, respectful mentors to Ahsoka, giving her good advice and then giving her room to choose. Uh, 
but I love it when Anakin keeps saying, you know, try to remember. I understand that that you you got feelings for him, and it's hard to watch him be with someone else there, Ahsoka. And I see all that and that yes. great. I you do, uh, but him focusing on uh, try to remember always put purpose ahead of your feelings. That seemed about like putting the group before the individual. So. Mm. You know, Ahsoka does put her feelings about Lux aside. Uh, Stila initially does not have time for her feelings toward Lux and like, not now, right? Yeah. And then in contrast, Saw is constantly centering himself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Getting jealous about the leadership roles, going off alone, being, you know, overly aggressive at times. And uh, I think this also ties into the, like the bigger story of the political leadership of Andron where Dendup em- emphasizes again and again that the people are the real leaders. Yeah. Uh, in particular, he's got that great quote of, I appear not as your king, but as a servant of Andron. Yeah. And like, in saying to uh, King Rash, like, you're against the will of the people. That's your problem. It's not these these handful <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of insurgents. It's that you, you don't have the will of the people. So this idea that, you know, the individual matters, but we got to put the group first the group is ultimately the true leader in any situation. Love that. And yeah. And the, in the Anakin stuff, going back to that of uh, what I kind of call this passion with a purpose, I think it adds to the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Cause how many times uh, in, in your real life, do you give someone great relationship advice and then you go home and you can't put it into your own life. Right. I can tell you all how to build a YouTube channel, except for I can't do it myself. Like, yeah, it's just, and I'm not saying my fault is tragic, but Anakin, it just, I, I, that stood out to me too. Of like, it is fun irony, but it is just like, Oh, you're right there, man. You you've got all the tools, Anakin. You just pushed you just pushed the wrong direction too easily, and and it's part of the part of the uh, unfolding tragedy of Anakin. Yeah, he gives in to fear, but yeah, no, it is so human. It's so real. Like it, I'm I'm lucky to you know have writer groups, and and it, that's mostly just exchanging information and advice that we all know, but need to hear again from someone other than ourselves in order to yeah. in order to keep moving. Uh, that that's great stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I want to ask you if you have, uh, any other, uh, did you break any other kind of parts, uh, of the, of the story out for thematic evaluation? Uh, yeah, a couple of moments, uh, in, in trying to make it, break it down to the episode and then the ones that are also reflect the larger story, there might be some, uh, dancing on both sides here, but uh, to yeah. the, the perseverance, which is just ex- explicitly stated. And I, I, yeah. I really wanted to focus on that one, uh, because like, okay, what does that mean and and just this you know perseverance the act of you know hey still trying when things get hard <laughs> just <laughs> and and i thought that was key uh, it's a key building block to hope hope uh, you know you can so get easily get knocked off that path in our own lives uh, again just taking it to our own lives uh taking it to even some of the bigger uh larger scale world uh, situations right now it's so easy to go i have hope and then you once you you get tripped up once it starts going bad. How do you work through that? Or just the, it's delivered in a moment where like steel is not getting it, not getting the train. Like she's got some skills. She knows how to do, but she can't, she can't figure out how to roll that bowling ball a little slow. You know, it's like, she's (laughs) frustrated. It's like, yeah. Uh, And and, Oh, you got the force in your side. You know, well, that's not how the force works. It works. basically. (laughs) And and it's this, uh, and going to this conviction, the cost of conviction, all these kind of big themes. It's all, it's also the step-by-step finding the will to continue when it gets harder uh, is something that is needed for all these rebels here, the rebels that are, are yet to come in the Star Wars story and even us in our, in our regular life. 
I think that pointing out the perseverance, which is yeah, like explicit uh, in the episode, but it also really, uh, I think, shows why it's a four episode arc to really mm. take the time to walk through the level of engagement of like first just survive, <laughs> yep. you know, uh, survive the attack on your base. Now the strikes in the city, now inspiring the people. Now you've gathered enough force that you're ready for the big battle, but you got to get out of the city to keep, you know, like I, uh, there is a lot of perseverance as they slowly build uh, this the you know the vic toward the victory um on andron um a, a really big idea that i wanted to talk about is um like sort of aggression versus inspiration uh for lack of a better term maybe soldier versus politic uh po politician there's this uh, reflection i think throughout of different factions arguing a little bit more for the well the politics are done. Let it, it's just a physical action. It's war now. It's battle now. Mm. And then other people are arguing like, well, let's take a gentle approach. Let's maybe be careful. Um, let's maybe make sure we get the the people on our side. That starts right away with the Jedi, right? Of like, they're kind of divided. Mace and Anakin, not surprisingly, are pretty aggressive about like, yeah, maybe we should just fund rebels. <laughs> That's great. Maybe you would attack them. It's, you know, war on two fronts. Great. We'll have the legitimate battle up front and then we'll have a sneaky battle in back. Great. And both Mace and Anakin are like, yeah, let's go, which makes a lot of sense. And Obi-Wan and Yoda are very cautious, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is the, the Obi-Wan says, uh, I think I gave this quote to Yoda earlier in this episode, but mm. uh, but it's actually Obi-Wan who says, how we conduct war is what distinguishes us from others. Yeah. Uh, Yoda says a means to an end fear cannot be. Mm. There's that literal debate between, well, what are we going to call them? Terrorists or rebels, you know? Yeah. So yeah. there's a, a, between them, between the Jedi Council, there's that um, that debate between you can almost boil it down to this constant Jedi debate of when is the right moment to take action and when is the right moment to kind of hold off and be gentle about it. And then we get that reflected in the battle of the Andron rebels, right? Uh, Saw is aggressive and Lux is gentle. And we get that right away with the droid poppers where Saw is just like hurling it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Lux has that nice gentle toss. They have a bunch of literal debate about Saw is a soldier, meaning physical action, the talking's done, let's fight. Lux is a politician who wants to savvy and nuance his way through everything. Um, I love this exchange between them where Lux says, uh, we can't afford a reckless move right now. And uh, Saw says, yeah, go write a speech about it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the it's the soldier as symbol of uh, aggression and the politician is a symbol of sort of nuance and inspiration. And then I think the big power of, of the, the arc for me is that Stila, they point out a bunch of time, adapts. Yes. And she is the best of both worlds, right? She's yeah. absolutely willing to fight and fight in the way that makes the most sense to her. But she is very conscious of the people at all times. It's like Stila herself is answering the debate that was going on, not just between mm -hmm. Saw and Lux, but back in the Jedi Council of saying like, yep, uh, these physical actions must be taken because people are being oppressed and harmed. But yeah, it can't be about fear. It's got to be about hope and inspiring the people. She gets it, right? That's why she's so great and it's such a tragic loss. She gets it. I, I love the quote early on uh, about Saw. He fashions himself as her leader, though no one elected him. Saw has the quote, <laughs> politics have failed us. We have no choice. And it's one of those things from Saw's point of view at times, I don't think it's wrong, but again, it's what you do and how you how that aggression fuels him and how it becomes very selfish. And you're right. Some great quotes from Steela. Uh, some I didn't write down, but just 
adapts, changes. We've always changed. We always talk about the big generational change in Star Wars in this big overriding uh, arc, but characters making the choice to change along the way and the value in that. I think you're right to point that out. Yeah, it, it's a lot of great moments. There's that. So much is about the droid popper. It's one of the things that I remember mm-hmm. from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it also stresses me out because it feels like a an old uh, Nintendo Wii game I would have been bad at. Um, but there's that moment that uh, 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 Stila dives in and just sticks her hand through the shield uh, with yep. the droid popper, that critical moment. And Ahsoka says, I've never seen a destroyer taken out that way before. And Stila just explicitly says, we all have to adapt. Yeah. Um, and then there's a moment that just kind of crystallizes uh, this theme in my mind where Saw says we have to build on our momentum and continue our attacks to keep them off balance. It's all aggression fighting. Mm-hmm. And then Luck says we have to assure the people first. If we keep disrupting their lives, we risk alienating them. We have to gain their trust. It's a uh, political, nuanced, inspiration focused. Mm-hmm. And then Stila just says, I agree with both of you. We can balance both. <laughs> yeah, That's the part where it feels to me like, uh, you know, that is the the message of how to conduct a conflict like this. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, the Star Wars say, wouldn't this be great, right? Yep. Wouldn't this be great? And I think yeah. that's right. Again, uh, the power of Stila. One, one of the great characters. I mean, people love gar- uh, the character. We can talk more about her. Uh, definitely a tragic loss, but uh, I think there's great lessons to take from her. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about her, her death mm-hmm. because I feel like if a lot of this arc has been about, about that absolutely necessary balance between aggressive physical action and nuanced inspiration. Do you think it is, do you think Saw's aggressive tendencies are just culpable? Because he, he grabs that rocket. He gets so excited about it. Like it's a n- new yeah. toy on his birthday and he is not thinking about the ramifications. Right. And mm-hmm. if he had taken a second to think about tra- trajectory, yeah. maybe he wouldn't, did he get his sister killed? I Yes, I, I think so. I think that's part of the trauma. I think that's why you end up, uh, at the end of the day, it all connects to a little, uh, little bit of Crazy Eyes, Forrest Whitaker's take on it, which is, a, 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 I love Forrest Whitaker in that role for these, and, and the character of Saw continues to just unfold in, in wonderful ways. Every time the character shows up, he's really impactful, and, and it's a, a lesson on uh, conviction, lesson lesson on standing up, and maybe also a valuable lesson on how you do it. And, and I think this... Um, I don't want to, it's not like a you point a finger and blame. It's just a byproduct of, of his careless aggression. Absolutely. I think it is where Stila, we talked about the cost of conviction. She did, she, she, she dies in action here, but it's, it's an action. It's out of um, trying to save the King. Uh, it's not a, you know, on the front lines directly, I think from a droid, it's like uh, it, it, she, she commits to saving this other person. And, and, and that's what costs her life. That's the, the small picture, big picture kind of thing. Mm. So I, 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 I hate to say f- your fault saw, he also was doing something in the act of war that everyone, you know, they've been shooting these ships down. They needed to, but it is, it was the joy, the glee, um, um, uh, the, the, uh, dare I say the celebration of violence in that moment from saw. Uh, yeah, and just that moment where he's like, great, I'm taking these, let's go. Like, And I think Steele has a like, let's talk, and the, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, and it's, again I'm, I'm trying to trying to stop short of fully going, that's all on you, Saw. Because he, he's in, he, again, that's the complication of the character. He's always behind a good cause. He's never behind a bad cause. Mm-mm. It's just the big how, how he does it. Yeah, I feel like in, in there's that great uh, hologram confrontation with Mon Mothma, right? Of like, you know, you're never going to take any real action, you know? 
um, all well, that kind of thing. Yeah. What's the quote? It's it's uh, Witta wrote it in Rebels that he's, he's very proud of that, as he should be. But, of uh, you know, the Empire treats all of us like criminals. At least I act like it. Right. OK, uh, <laughs> I think that's a great quote. And it's a great thing about Saw, but I think it really stopped short of the big picture. Is my mm. take on that. I don't know if I disagree. You know, where it's like, it's a, that's, I, I don't think Saw's, again, I don't think Saw's wrong, but he in Rebel Rising destroys, you know, use those, uh, those fl- uh, Fletchet rocket launchers or whatever they're called to, to kill kind of innocence, least people not action, children too. Like, and, and that's the battle between him and Mothma. So I love that moment for Saw. But I think that's the complication is so. Yeah. I mean, I think this promo of Stila makes him double down. And I think what what I like about this arc is I feel it it says like Saw's got part of the answer, right? Um yes. that something must be done, action must be taken. You know, it, it, there's a part there's a time where it goes beyond the the political, right? You you mm-hmm. go to Rogue One and in the scene where, you know, all of the uh, the rebellion alliance uh, doesn't want to fight. They still think like, well, we'll bring, we'll get uh, Galen and we'll bring him to the Senate and he'll testify. And Sheev will go, sorry, you got me. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it was just all well intentioned, but you know, there's that feeling of, but actions to be taken. But I feel like Saw only has a part of the answer, and because he's yeah. traumatized and obsessed, he he's like, it's almost like Mon Mothma is Stila, right? Where she's yes. like. Inspiration, nuance. I'm not afraid to get into a fight, but I really want to question it. And right. Saw's on the other side going, ah, the time for any of that's been done a long time ago. There's nothing for us to do but kill. And yeah, a few people are going to get in the way. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, and Moss was like, hey, I ain't nowhere Jabell, man. Like, calm <laughs> down. And, and again, saw not wrong, but I, I go to the streets of Jeddah where his partisans, you know, uh, attack that that convoy, and you got Jen having to pull the uh, the young girl out of uh, out of the street. And now I'm thinking of Steela's lines of you know y- y- making uh, assuring the people Lux's lines of of of, of the people of the city. And um, I like I like what you're saying of Saw having half the answer. And again, it's all interesting. None of none of it I'm saying about Saw is definite. You know something I think is fact. I just think it, he his character has question marks just floating all around him about what do you do and how do you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I abs. This is yeah, not not a saw bashing session. I love saw as a character. I think he's a mm-hmm. fascinating and necessary character, and I can't wait to see him pop up even more places. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, hope, um, yeah, hope, and or any anything, anything, and more saw, more saw. Yeah, absolutely, more saw. So uh, let's move on to how this arc reflects bigger storytelling, morality, perspective of Star Wars. We've touched on some stuff, but I'm curious what other thoughts you have. Uh, I looked at um, the big one with the Jedi, just this, this, um, the art of finding practical balance. It's, mm. it's wonderful to, to sit up in the trees and look down at a, a forest and a, and a river with Grogu and talk about balance. Beautiful moment, by the way. But when it's actually out and about, you and I were discussing some of the great balance, examples of balance with uh, Ram Jamaran and uh, Jamaram, uh, in High Republic, it always <laughs> sounds like I'm singing a, a weird song. Um, you know, the, the Midnight Horizon has a great take on it, a very practical take on it. But here is the Jedi. Like, how are we the epitome of balance? And I think there's so many times where you're seeing it. Like, we can't attack. We must must defend. Then there's at one point, Obi-Wan's like, nuts to that. We got to go get that tank. And, and then it stops, <laughs> stops short. Um, and Ahsoka is a great example of that. She is constantly standing there 
holding back that tide of darkness trying to push out the light. But uh, but what point do you got to push back? And she deals with that constantly. And then that is where the Jedi and the big picture are and where they've been in this Clone War. Uh, so I love kind of seeing them struggle with it. And I, I, I'm not love seeing the Jedi struggle with it. You know what I mean? But I, it's just, again, very interesting, big, big overriding theme in the larger story. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought a huge amount of this story was about uh, the Jedi's role in the Clone War, but Jedi philosophy in general. We've been talking a lot about uh, the Jedi uh, set this noble goal and they they fall from it. And I often it, because they're they're trying to walk a really difficult path. And I think that throughout the Clone Wars, they have these moments where, well, maybe we should have acted. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have acted. <laughs> yeah. And this is such a, a critical one. And I think one of the times that it is explicitly in the episode that their philosophy is very clear that their role is to defend and help if they're going to be a, a part of a war it's going to be a we have come to the battlefield <laughs> yeah. whatever the galactic rules of engagement are here we are here you are all you know all cards on the table right mm-hmm. um but they're all about defending and helping they are not about controlling other people's destiny for them yeah and I feel like that is is where they're really caught up in this because they're like, yeah, we we know that King Rash is probably a puppet leader, but he is the leader of that planet right now. Yeah. And it's not, you know, on paper, they're not part of the Republic. They don't want to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the Jedi don't deal in regime change, right? Uh, what is the line between defense and this government made a bad choice that we the jedi don't agree with so we're going to come in and change it for you like that's that line that they're wrestling with in this episode yeah it was really weird at one point to see anakin and kenobi put on cia hats it was really weird <laughs> I thought it was um yeah but it but it's the hard stuff i love lo- and the exact quote was uh the the the, the, the fighting is happening then kenobi is kind of like no no then also he says we'll handle this which is obviously a great kenobi and jedi quote but like uh, when does that line happen? And, and going back to what Star Wars just kind of saying, hey, this is what could be just again, that moment with Ahsoka at the um, the public execution. And I'm with her. Pull out your lightsaber, charge, save the king, save the day. Uh, but Star Wars says, hey, if you possibly approach it this way, uh, light will find a way. And the general um, finds his light. And I think that's a, the Jedi are constantly wrestling with that and, and have Star Wars have that just an out and out called the soft war, but the proxy war going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. And these lines, well, you know, you, you, we can't go help. A, you, 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 they're not the, They're not in the Republic. They're not in NATO. We can't, you, what, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And, and, and how that you do have to factor that in because what's the result of that? Um, very fascinating to have Star Wars uh, in this cartoon. Remember, it's a cartoon on Cartoon Network uh, dealing with this big stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, I love what you're saying about Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka kind of mirrors Stila in that mm-hmm. I think we're 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 offered to see it as Anakin is perhaps too aggressive, Obi-Wan is perhaps too cautious, and Ahsoka is finding uh is mining mining managing to uh fight with compassion and nuance and intelligence uh but really recognize that moment where she finally takes action is totally a moment of defense, right? Like right. I'm right here. The, the leaders of this uh, planet have clearly made their own decision and I'm defending them. I'm not jumping up and making a change for them. It's not like general Tandon is on the fence. 
So I'm going to jump up there and make a decision for him. It is a moment of true defense. And I, and I feel like that's kind of Ahsoka like Stila finding the best of both worlds. Whereas Anakin probably would have just been uh, cutting, cutting arms off much earlier. And Obi-Wan might not have taken action because he was so cautious about not making other people's decision for them. Would you, would you say, yeah. Would, would you say that it kind of spills over into this, this large uh, conversation about attachment where uh, Anakin would act out of this kind of uh, fear of what would happen next I can't let that happen. I can't let the king be killed. What will happen then? I must stop that. Where uh, Ahsoka is a little bit more just focused on the actual uh, finding the empathy in the moment, like you said, and and maybe less fearful. I, I'm just wondering. I don't know. I just I just listen to you just to summarize it, and um, it just see it has echoes of that for me of how yeah, again, I just, how, how you're attached to this outcome. Yeah, I think she just I think she is in the moment, right? That's an in the yeah. moment decision, and it doesn't suddenly change everything for her. It's like I was wrong not mm-hmm. to fight. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm in the front lines always, you know? Um, And I think, I think it is, I think attachment is about control, right? Uh, About trying to control things that you can't. The Jedi want to use their power to help people. They want to use the power that they want to make the choice to control what they can, which is their power. Um, And they don't want to be making choices uh, for other people unless it's, you know, trying to stop somebody from hurting uh, blatantly hurting another person, but Anakin wants control, right? He wants a situation to go a certain way. He's yeah. concerned about what's going to happen next, and he's going to cut it off at the pass before the bad thing happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fearful of the next steps, and, and, and I don't see Ahsoka acting out of fear in this moment, whereas Kenobi, God bless you, and I love Kenobi, but Kenobi might be like, oh, if the king gets killed, we'll see what happens next. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I, thought- I, I, I feel I'm being too hard on Kenobi there. But- oh, no, I mean, I think, I think there's, because Kenobi, you know, he often preaches don't get in not don't get involved but don't overstep let other people make their choices yeah. you know much, much just i mean he almost mirrors Qui-Gon's exact words from Phantom Menace of like we can defend you but we can't fight a war for you mm-hmm. uh but he also said you know in attack the clones well, it's not our mandate to figure out uh, who is uh, trying to kill Padme, let's not overstep. We're just supposed to guard her, and then he's the one who throws himself through the damn window. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I do think there's a possibility in that moment Obi Wan would have yeah. defended the the general as well. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Justice for Obi Wan. Justice for Obi Wan. In, in terms of justice for the Jedi, um, I know that people have really strong opinions about all this stuff, and, and I, I respect that people have different takes. I feel like in the text of this episode, it is making a ultimately making a uh, a sub, generally supportive argument toward the intention of the Jedi. Right, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 uh, battle that happens in the Jedi Council of like, well, we can't just not help them; we have to do something. Like, okay, but we have to do it cautiously, and we have to make sure they have agency, and mm-hmm. that they're not just spreading fear in the streets. And those things happen, you know, via Stila, she does those things. And there are moments of like where the Jedi are just kind of called out as actual beacons of hope, right? There's that great scene with Saw and, and Dendup when Saw gets cocky and goes to rescue Dendup. And Dendup's like, just like, I was supposed to choose one or the other and I didn't. And I invited this and I don't know, I think it's kind of all done. And Saw's like, well, but Jedi are backing us. Mm. And Dendup goes, Jedi? Yeah. I never thought this day would come. That's like a clear example in the text that like Jedi actually showing up to help is hopeful. It is inspiring. It it is wanted from the legitimate leadership of this planet. Yeah, absolutely. Justice for the Jedi, indeed. Still beacons of hope. Uh, The flames of hope in the galaxy, as they should be. 
Uh, yeah, yeah it was an, an important moment too of uh, uh, you know the the lack of uh, choice that that Dendam uh, 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 felt he had made, and that's what got them in this uh, situation. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that it ends with obviously we know it's not going to work out for poor Lux and the Republic, but Lux, you know, who we were first introduced to as a, a separatist who who is a legitimate person, not mm-hmm. not a mean bad guy, is willing to give the Republic another try, partially because of the heroism of the Jedi. Yes. That's- yeah. No. Yeah. Get, yeah. I mean, uh, I forget the exact quote. You know, I, I've seen, I've seen the Republic. I've seen the heart of the Republic and the Jedi. That's the right side. Yep, that's the right side. So yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like there's some justice for the Jedi. Any other big picture stuff? Just want to reiterate: we talked about the will of the people, but in this idea of uh, get, getting the people to overcome the fears by making them see you can do this. You you mentioned before it's a big theme of the episode, but to t- we we tied it to Rise of Skywalker, but it's just time and time again. I I think it's important. I think I think the the practical nature of, of inspiration and hope is something that uh, is needs to be focused on as well in star Wars too, of uh, standing on the mountain lightsaber rays doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to charge into battle. Like, you know, how are we going to do that? <laughs> you know, and, and can we do that? And cause, it, cause that's the real risk and it all leads back to conviction, which all leads into hope. So uh, big stuff and big stuff for star Wars overall. Yeah. I love what you're saying. And I'm, I'm reminded of uh, what I really like in some of the end moments of the last Jedi where Luke is, a, he's defending, he's a symbol of hope, uh, but Ray still physically uses that power to lift those rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that matters too. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And we'll be back to discuss some of the fun action moments, comedy moments, more deep canon connections, all sorts of fun stuff back in a moment. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we are back to continue our discussion of the great Onderon arc season five of the Clone Wars. We always want to be able to talk about the deep stuff, but also the fun stuff. So there's a lot of action. Ken, did you have a favorite action moment in this arc? A lot of action, almost to the point where it was overwhelming, right? <laughs> I don't know all of it. So I'll start very simple. Uh, in the in the early uh, parts of, uh, I think it was the first episode was when the action starts, Kenobi and Anakin dodge a rocket, that rocket that interrupts the training, and they flip back into a fighting stance. I was like, that's, that's an <laughs> X button press in a video game. <laughs> and that's what I, you know, all this big top, talk about the philosophy of the Jedi and the justice for the Jedi, Beacons of Hope, I also want them to do that. Yeah, come on, hit that X button and flip around. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really loved it early on, uh, really establishing that Stila is a, uh, is clever uh, shooting the cages to free the animals to rampage over the droids, which that was, I mean, it's so much in star Wars, the, you know, organic versus mechanical. That was big (laughs) in this episode, right? Where it's, they're they're all, the rebels are all riding beasts of burden and uh, (laughs) stomping droids, but I love the shooting it to free the animals. Yes. There's a a legendary bounty hunt in red dead redemption Two where you need to shoot the cage and, and, and bears go loose and kind of take care of the job for you. It's a great strategy, everybody. What? Yeah. Oh man, I want to free bears. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I also liked. uh, There's a lot of great action that second episode, but I like when they're uh, taking down the the gates of the power substation, and there's that great shot where those just creepy as hell commando droids come flipping and Mm. flopping out. (laughs) Yeah. Commando droids always, uh, always, uh, they're so intimidating for such a weird, you know. Not weird design, great design, but you look at them, they're kind of like, cute little rat face droids. What are you? Oh, you're killing, you're killing. <laughs> yeah, you want some ratatouille? No, yeah. oh no, you're going to murder me? Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what are some other action moments for you? Another small one, but uh, in the second episode uh, in the city there, there's a moment where Stila and Anakin, uh, they do, do some action and then they slide down the roof. So it's not mm. big action, but I just thought, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, man. I wonder if Anakin's like, hey, hey, let's slide down the roof when we're done. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll train you how to slide cool. <laughs> slide cool. Yeah. Uh, another moment was Saw saying, uh, all right, you know, what? here's what I'm paraphrasing, but like, all right, we, we need to go get a droid, right? So we can get the information. I've got it. And I'm thinking, oh, he's got some elaborate plan. He just goes and rips a <laughs> droid's head off. Yeah, the the actual strength of the B-1 battle droids, I think, is something to examine. I think it's in the very first Clone Wars film where a clone punches one and just it seems like it breaks their hand. And Saw's just like, yeah. yeah. If you know how to jerk that head, it'll pop right off. Pop it off, pop it off. <laughs> well, like Lucas said to Spielberg, the Jedi just cut them like paper, butter. You know, it is what they are. <laughs> uh, speaking of cutting things, this is an action moment, but I, I'm both fascinated by and terrified by the laser guillotine and the uh, the mm. fruit cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not good. I was, I was, is, is that to keep the head from go? I'm sorry, I'm getting gross. I don't know. Like, I, does it keep the head stuck there? Like, what's the? I don't know. What's I want it, it, it seems like when the when the uh, <laughs> when it's ritually struck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the vibrations change and just sever whatever's in the field because that that fruit, uh, which I don't know if that was a Return of the King reference with the scary scary monarchs eat fruit, yeah. uh, vegetables. Uh, the famous uh, cherry tomato scenes of Return of the King. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> dumping that fruit in there and it gets sliced in half. It's like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we are in this deep philosophical conversation, and Ken's also wondering, well, how does the head come off? <laughs> Where does it go? Does it just roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, also, uh, it's a fist pumping moment, but it's also a cool action moment. Ahsoka's big leap forward mm. and that huge force push that just knocks all the the battle droids down. Yeah, and it, it's just like, especially when it's a great story about the Jedi really choosing when to use power and restraining themselves. And then they choose, okay, it's time to unleash and they unleash in a big way. I, I love that. Yeah. That whole secret uh, sequence, the rescue of Dendup and uh, general attendance, big turd I, with his, including his uh, great quote, the only snake I see sire is you. I love that. That's a great, put that on a teaser. He's a great design, all cheekbones and mustache. Yeah, uh, he, he's yeah, really like. Him. Reminds me a little bit of of uh, Man at Arms from He Man back in the day. I, I, I didn't see it in any of the behind the scenes thing I read, but it is so Man at Arms. Yeah. I feel like it's somebody's got to be like, yeah, it's a little tribute to old Man at Arms. Love that there. Mm. Um, there, uh, I, I also like. Um, there's a battle uh, where the one of the beasts of burden that they ride, the Dalgos, I believe, uh, go trampling after the B1 battle droids. And there's some some good action slash comedy uh, where a, a Dalgo is kind of like rising up, and the, there's a battle droid that kind of holds its finger up, like "Now don't do that," and then just gets crushed. Absolutely, I love that. Uh, what are, what are other action moments for you? Uh, there's a, the 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 uh, gr- uh, the gr- uh, Garris uh, Garris know how to slide. Uh, they'd be great mm-hmm. baseball players. Saw does the baseball slide under the droids as he takes them out, then steal his slide, the great uh, adaption slide, if you will, and the drop under the store. Like they, they know how to do this. Plus, sliding down roofs. Uh, very, uh, I want them on my team. These, these, these are two skilled warriors. I love that. And they, they can just, slide all the way around the bases. No running, right? No just running, sliding no. from base to base. And uh, the entire taking the, the take sequence was just a really good uh, war war sequence. Uh, if, if yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, and the great buildup of them training how to do it and all, all that. Yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely great. Um, for me, going toward the end, uh, I really like those HMP droid gunships. They're yeah. terrifying, a, a cool design. It was uh, frightening and fun to hear one of them speak and 
remind like yeah they're they're ships and they are actual droids yeah uh, but having them verse versus the flying beasts the the rupine uh, mm-hmm. that was just uh, a great organic uh mechanical versus organic and just really effectively terrifying really effectively raising the stakes yeah everything about them the design they kind of have a cylon quote right i think yeah looking at. uh and then even they sound i mean it's so it's so I don't want to say oddly real world. Star Wars does that, but I mean, it, it's the the attack helicopters. They sound like helicopters. They're literally, Chris Collins was like, hey, remember the Soviets debuted the attack helicopters in this war? We're doing that in Star Wars. It's real. So it's very chilling, uh, very effective, and also has that uh, cool Star Wars toy vibe to it. it. It's it's all you need for Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's got a little bit of everything. Um I also I like is not the right word, but I think it's a really effective action scene when Ahsoka, you know, saves Lux, almost saves uh, Stila, and pretty visceral when she gets just full on blasted in the shoulder. Right. So very effective yeah. action moment. Yeah, no, a lot of there's even a moment where Lux uh, shoots a commander droid in the uh, um, head after Lux takes a punch. <laughs> That's right. I want to go saw Lux is he's he's, he's tough man. Lay off him, man. <laughs> he, he's doing okay for a politician. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any other action moments for you? Um, the, uh, the, the, what the, the Rupin? Did you say Rupin? I didn't write that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, taking the two droids and just dropping them gave me the meanest, uh, the minus, the Battle of Minas Tirith vibes of the Nazgul coming in and just dropping uh, uh, soldiers of Gondor down below. Dark, oh. dark violence there. Yeah, and there's the 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 Ents taking down Saruman's yeah realm tomb that it uh, that just tossing tossing people right yeah yeah and then uh, going back a little bit to the to the gunships attacking like I said it, it's it's I don't want to say it's fun Star Wars PPU action but it's so overwhelming the violence of it is so just in your face it, it it's, and the rebels still finding the strength in that and 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 needing to get help and, and talking about uh, Anakin going to our old buddy Hondo there. Um, it, 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 it was effective for the story. It really was overwhelming and frightening. And then the whole thing about it, the whole design that we talked about it, I, I did enjoy that from a, from a certain point of view. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was really, really well done. Uh, really it, the stakes felt so raised that you were really like, yeah, no, somebody do something. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on then to comedy, whimsy, weirdness. I feel like there are definitely some moments of comedy, yeah. whimsy, and weirdness, but this was, l- to me, it was, a uh, less, uh, strong of a mix in the cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's gotta, at some level it's gotta be there, right? It, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the, part of the cocktail mix indeed. Uh, Kenobi, uh, when, when Anakin's like, you don't trust me, he's like too much. That's what worries me. But then Kenobi and Yoda share a moment and then Yoda does like a nod. Which is like, is it, yeah, you should go, or is it like, yeah, you should, we should watch him closer. I don't know. It was <laughs> I, I think it was Yoda being like, yeah, it, it's good if you're there, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. I trust you to be overly aggressive, Anakin, so I shall come with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some great classic uh, battle droid humor there at the mm-hmm. beginning where uh, they throw out the explosives and the battle droid is like, that looks like an explosive. How can you tell? Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what good, I, classic, wacky. Still, season five, darker and darker, but the battle droids are still wacky tragedy figures. Well, there's the tank commander going surrender, rebel, as he's holding a detonator, which is uh, you get it. <laughs> these poor droids. I, you know, they're there. They're programmed for this here, but uh, yeah, the yeah. Detail. What are some other moments for you? 
Um, I uh, oh, a droid as well. I love hard to tell. Just a bunch of organic matter as they're sneaking into the city. Uh, uh, thought of organ- organic versus mechanical in, in a different kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mechanical's like I don't know. It's organic. I don't know what's here. <laughs> well, I let them through, and then just have having Saw just come out and say, you know, uh, the, the droids are dimmer than we thought. <laughs> like, oh, they're pretty dumb. I didn't, they, I didn't know that. Back to that <laughs> into our plans. Um, there's that, and then uh, I, I like, um, you know, it's, it's it's in the episode. You mentioned the jealousy part of it, ah- ah- Ahsoka's feelings f- for Lux and, and the complications there. And now, having read some of the High Republic stuff, especially in Midnight Horizon, would love to get a little bit more of Ahsoka wrestling with those feelings during this time and uh, about you know real world um, emotions and desires with the, the way of the Jedi. That's a pretty interesting uh, thing, but it's it's not played too deeply here but just the rom there's a rom-com moment of steela and ahsoka both saying you too and lux is like good luck <laughs> just kind of like, <laughs> yes. like whoa wacky rom-com yes there are lots of uh, uh little looks that are mm-hmm. that are funny i started writing them down i was like okay this is too many <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of little rom-com looks um speaking mm-hmm. of uh man-at-arms tandon uh i really liked it when I like the whole scene with him and Saw, where Saw is really getting him to question things. But I liked when Tandon said, I thought you depleted your arrogance with Kalani. And Saw Guerrero says, it replenishes every hour. <laughs> I absolutely love that one. <laughs> That's a drop-dead classic. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's why I like Saw. Like, I, I love Saw for so many different reasons in all iterations. I think he's, a, he's an interesting Star Wars character. Absolutely. He, you talk about the courage of your convictions. He's got it. He's not backing down. Yeah. Um, speaking of backing down, though, there is a moment where uh, one of the beasts of burden, Afamba, like from Phantom Menace, uh, just uh, butt crushes a B1, just sits on it. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And there you go. Connecting to Star Wars is uh, animal butt humor. <laughs> there you go. You watch out. Uh, the the butts of the animals from the Phantom Menace are nothing to be messed with. Uh, yes, and Hapabor butts indeed too as well. So all the yeah, uh, I got just a couple more. How about you? Uh, I got going back to some droid humor and going to how you know they're droids. They're tools of the Separatists. They're doing bad things. Let's be clear. But just this plight of maybe maybe the droid droids had no choice. The one droid who says, uh, "Hey, why are they looking at us this way?" Right before his death. Is the fact that you just can't even comprehend. You're not programmed to comprehend this. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny and tragic uh, all at the same time. And then I oh I probably think you have. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you have this one. But we got we got our boy Hondo shows up and. Again, we talked about it when Hondo does show up for the first time in Clone Wars. He's a bad pirate, not a good Very bad. dude. He, he, he's he's he got some. He's complicated at best, but he's always been funny. And uh, I do like uh, when he says to Anakin, "Is that all I am to you, Jedi? A delivery boy?" I that's a great line. <laughs> that was a great line. Uh, it, this was some great action-packed, uh, uh, compact uh, Hondo. Uh, but I really liked that when he delivered. Uh, the weapons and normally Hondo can be, kind of be this agent of chaos, but he's just like that. I don't know that that was like his Saturday, and he's not there for the war, right? The, the explosion goes off, and he's like, "Well, my work here is done." Yeah. Oh my! Look at the time. <laughs> yes. Well, mm-hmm. I'll let you get to it. Uh, I thought that was really well delivered and very yeah. funny. Yeah, and again, why why Hondo becomes a fan favorite pretty quickly. Yeah, and Hondo in our next arc is going to do some quite scary, awful things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so continues to be a, an odd character in Star Wars, but a great mm-hmm. one. Uh, final one for me is uh, I like it when uh, you know uh, Stila does finally, I think, uh, uh, 
feel like she's got enough of a handle on everything that she can also let her feelings in and gives a big kiss uh, to Lux just in mm. case. And then Ahsoka demonstrates that she's okay with it with a little <laughs> shoulder punch to Lux. Like, look at you. <laughs> you got yourself a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, is that is that it? Because that's it for me. Any more for you? I you, I, I I thought uh, maybe this Kenobi quote would, uh, would would sleep sleep into your list here, uh, but it ties into what you were talking about earlier with Anakin and Mace. I love uh, Kenobi going. Even Master Window Window would be wary at this point. Like you know, even <laughs> old Grumps, aggressive Grumps over there would be like, I don't know if we can get involved. That was really funny and, and poignant as well. Did you see him cut Django's head off? You know how much <laughs> he he does not mess around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that is a very good one. Um, let's move on then to canon and lore connections to other stories. There's a lot going on here. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the journey of Lux Bon Terry. Uh, mm-hmm. He's one of those great characters that that holds up a lot of storytelling if you track him uh, through the Clone Wars and through some of his appearances uh, in uh, references and a big appearance in the novel Battlefront Two. Um, mm. So we meet him as the diehard separatist. Uh, we meet him as sort of a symbol of people with legitimate concerns and complaints with the Republic who are being manipulated by Dooku. He right. realizes he's being manipulated by Dooku, that Dooku has uh, murdered his mother and he uh, uh, becomes vengeful and he almost becomes a stooge of the Death Watch until Ahsoka rescues him from that, which he thanks her for. Uh, and then he is this brave resistance fighter on his home of Onderon. Then he transitions back to center, Senator and we learn in books that he uh, marries imperial loyalists but eventually uh can't stand it and becomes an informant for this rebel cell the dreamers Mm. and uh he is going to be executed uh but he is spared by iden versio so he is still alive Mm. so any general thoughts on the massive journey of lux (laughs) bonteri Yeah. Uh, and do you think he could appear in Ahsoka, the television show? Do you want him to? Ooh, that's, uh, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. That's, uh, that's interesting. You know, if Floney looks around and goes, hey, I, I haven't read all the novels. Is Lux still alive? He is. Okay. Even if he's dead, <laughs> I bring him back. But okay. Uh, no, that's interesting. Lux. So remember the time of the Battlefront 2 novel? This is kind of earlier on in the Star Wars uh, modern canon days, right? That was kind of this big reveal. And I remember it kind of being received generally but like who like that's the the curtain comes off and it's Lux Bon I don't even know but I, I you know uh, for me being a you know Bonterra fan and everything like it was interesting so but it just keeps getting more interesting I think there's a lot of great potential in uh, a character like this so I love him showing up I love uh I love him uh the the progression I love the action I love the relationship to Ahsoka and what it represents I think there's some great storytelling to be had uh that's a sleeper pick for Lux and Ahsoka I like that idea yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously he got married at some point, but maybe there could still be um, that that didn't seem like it ultimately went great. <laughs> no, he's got a stepdaughter that he's got in, getting imperial information from that he's uh, trying to protect her and all sorts of complications going on there. So there's always the the possibility of re, uh, revisiting that spark. But I think Lux is just this fascinating character because. Uh, it, I can understand why people watch Clone Wars once, twice, and maybe he, they don't super focus on him mm-hmm. because the sort of he's great in every individual episode. Episode, but the importance of his character only comes together when you line it all up. Of this mm-hmm. this person who's like got a pretty good heart. He's clearly an incredibly talented uh, uh, politician. He cares about other people, and he's just been battered yeah. by uh, political corruption and incompetence mm-hmm. <laughs> with every 
organization he's tried to join and try to be a part of. So what is he going to think about how the New Republic's doing? What is he going to think about the state of the galaxy? Yeah, makes it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, his mother was assassinated. This guy's been through a lot. Just give him a week yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Osoka should visit him at his uh, beautifully appointed <laughs> retirement home. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. Uh, yeah. One of the other big things that I wanted to talk about is, uh, I think a huge part of this is, you know, the idea it's, he's Anakin right now, but this is an amazing arc mm-hmm. in which Darth Vader trains rebels. Darth Vader spews what he would later call rebel propaganda, right? And mm-hmm. teaches them how to later fight himself. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's David on sometimes how the, um, how real life history, how it plays out, where it goes. Uh, it's interesting for the character. It's again a signpost of how far he falls. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. I loved it here. And him using the line impressive, most impressive is, is, uh, it's always fun when he uses one of his catchphrases. Um, but, uh, I like that, 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 that to me is a reminder of the connection and, uh, what's at the center of that, um, in that armor, it's that heart and it still beats, but also, you know, again, it's Anakin and Vader, uh, same person. And, and this is a reminder of it. Yeah. And I think that there is a great moment. I didn't write down the actual dialogue, but it, it's when he's really sort of lecturing about, you know, how to take it to the uh, oppressor mm-hmm. and he makes the Vader f- power fist, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Vader power of, yeah. yeah. I'm making a point here. Vader fist. <laughs> the join me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's really, really powerful And the impressive, most impressive. Um, I, I liked that because I feel like this was an episode where we want to draw the, the parallels and want to remind you that it's the same person. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it can be. And, there, and again, it pops up some other times, right? Some like I said, his little Vader catchphrases and it could be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Wah, wah, or uh, too much nostalgia, or it could just be very poignant. I think this, this, the use of it in this arc is, uh, is poignant to me. Yeah, absolutely. Then there are a couple of other of those sort of uh, pre-quotings, uh, like there are just phrases that float through the galaxy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Saw Guerrero kind of pre-quotes Han Solo where he's like, no, no problem. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That same Han Solo joke from Cloud City about the problem with three uh, PO and uh, Lux talking about Stila says to Ahsoka, "What good would that do us if she gets herself killed?" Which is you know very similar to uh, uh, Luke and Leia talking about Han on the Death Star. There are a couple others uh, like Obi Wan being very uh, close to Qui Gon. Did you feel like there were too many of those? Did those bump for you, or they were were they subtle enough that they didn't bother you? No, no, I, I, I and I. I I, I wouldn't even call them subtle, right? If you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a casual fan, just swinging through maybe. But I, I, I think there's great purpose. I think you are. This is kind of the first time, on a major level in Clone Wars series. Correct me if I'm wrong. That rebels is used as a term, right? Mm, it, it's yeah. kind of introducing this concept, and and we know where it goes, and and we know all the the layers around that. But like, yeah, so it, it works for me, and just kind of really. Hey, listener, this this stuff is important to the galaxy. History can repeat. And if you're not careful, you find yourself in the same spots if you don't make real change. So I I, I think on one level it is fun Star Wars referencing and self-referencing. Absolutely think it's that. I don't think every beat is designed to make these big connections. But I think it's there for us to to take lessons about the, the overall Star Wars story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I really take what you're saying about Vader and Anakin, and I think that it connects back to even uh, some of the Twilight concerns that are expressed that Shams and Zula in early seasons uh, on Ryloth of, yep. you know, 
it's great to have the liberators come to our planet, but when do the liberators become the oppressors? Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Real, some real world stuff. <laughs> real world stuff uh, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other, uh, th- there were a lot of little things like, hey, the separatists have probe droids, the one-way shield. That was fun, but all sort of, all kind of little stuff. Was there any other big stuff or, or uh, particularly fun little canon moments that you uh, noticed? Yeah, uh, there was a, the fact that they had an EV torture droid there. That's just the line of work <laughs> those droids are in until they serve bar. Um, I, I thought for me, it, it's happened a few times. You and I have mentioned it and track it too. Much like there's like, Anakin always seems to be uh, hit with the uh, lightning bolts as a <laughs> harbinger of things to come. Uh, Dooku in this episode makes a very similar decision to the one Palpatine will soon be making about him. Your problem. <laughs> Kill the king. I'm moving on here. That's right. Just the, the absolutely brutal. You were, you were nothing but our puppet and we're done with you now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It so would have been great if, uh, if Dooku had said, do it. Dude, that's why every time I watch Revenge of the Sith, and Christopher Lee as Dooku has that quick look over to Palp thing like, what? I just now all these moments start like flashing back in my brain. It's a, it's a super cut of Dooku doing this to everyone else. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is. That look is the Dooku like, uh, I have to round. Now I have to find out. <laughs> I yep. never thought the finding out part would come. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, that reminded me too. I, I, there are, I think, parallels between Saw and Vader, particularly in Rogue One. I think mm. seeing that, the, that this battle has cost him everything in terms of his body and his body as metaphor for his soul yeah. uh, is such a, a Vader connection. The fact that he gets, you know, electrocuted, as we see Anakin get electrocuted almost mm. constantly <laughs> yeah. in the Clone Wars animated series, that's, a, that's another little connection between the two of them. Look at look at your own lives. What is happening in your own lives? It might be your fake. Check it, people. Check it. Check it. Uh, was there anything that you disliked or questioned in uh, this arc? No, I mean these stand the test of time so well. I, I think maybe the you know you look at the 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 loss of of Steela, and I think it's always wonderful to to uh, wonderful. I think it's always a good conversation to look at like you know characters' deaths and. Uh, and the value of them, or maybe sometimes the lack of value in this. I think, I think for me, for this, for this story, I, 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 it's a tragedy, and sometimes it's okay for Star Wars to have a little bit of tragedy to remind you of the big picture and the cost of it. There, she's a wonderful character. Uh, would have loved to get more, uh, get more storytelling if uh, they had uh, decided to keep her alive. And I, I think uh, if you had decided that, I, I think it still would have. That would have been a great decision. I'm not saying the character needed to die, and others could have died. She's a wonderful character. Um, four wonderful episodes that uh, deserve uh, constant re-examination and uh, constant uh, uh, prop and steal up as one of the uh, uh, moral compass characters of Star Wars. Yeah, Steela is this incredibly tragic loss to the galaxy. Like you mm-hmm. can almost feel like, well, she would have really been a thorn in the side of the Empire because oh, she God. had such great skills at adaptation, such a great natural leadership, such uh, like Leia and Padme and other great characters. Like, absolutely, of course, I'm going to act, but I'm going to really consider uh, that I need to inspire people as well as fight back against the enemy. That Those, those strengths are you know, just uh, absolute thorn in Chief Palpatine's side. And yeah, I can totally understand. I, I think because I have, uh, you know, watched Clone Wars after it aired, I can totally understand, imagine people being really taken with the character of Stila and uh, upset that uh, she died. Uh, so I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other, only other thing for me is uh, I would, 
I would have taken a little more resolution on Ahsoka's feelings about Lux. Like, obviously, she succeeds mm. in, in taking Anakin's good advice and putting her purpose before her feelings and letting it go and accepting it. But I, I would have taken just a, a, a few more beats of how did she personally accomplish that, you know? Yeah, and this and this uh, I want to give credit to 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 Midnight Horizon and Daniel Jose Older for more than any other Star Wars story recently, really diving into uh, love, uh, desire, and the crisis of all of that, and, and wanting to get inside the heads of characters a little bit more. Star Wars does do that in other other areas, but that was such a realistic look at it, particularly with the youngsters in Star Wars, and 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 Ahsoka's still young, still in that age group, that mm-hmm. it is, it's played for some laughs, but it's played also very real, but yeah, I, I, I and I don't know that, you know, that Clone Wars uh, story is light and dark, you, you and I really didn't take that deep dive into it, I, I, maybe there's that story in there, I don't know, I just would love, <laughs> I'd love to, uh, you know, have Ahsoka wrestle with that a little bit more, and, and see, and then what happens when she's outside of the Order, and, and you know, I don't mean this as a joke. I've always wondered, like, you know, does she have a relationship with Bo-Katan? They, they seem to know each other so well. Does Lux come back in her life? Like, what's going on? I, I think it's it's pretty interesting for such a wonderful character to 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 get a little bit more on that. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I would. I think that would be great. I would love to uh, explore that that side of Ahsoka and what she thinks about it, how she feels mm-hmm. about it, how she handles relationships. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I mean, gosh, for Clone Wars report to return with these four big episodes, it's a big chunk and there's so much we covered and, and uh, we always could talk more and more, but uh, got it all there for me. Yeah, we never take our breaks right before the light episodes. It's always all the way back <laughs> into the just giant arcs with the yeah. high stakes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, always like to uh, end with a uh, a fun question about merch. Uh, because that is a part of the Star Wars journey. Ken, if you could have an action figure or any other kind of merch of a character, anything from this episode, uh, who or what do you want? Yeah, I got three choices here. I need a Ooh. King Rash fruit bowl playset, okay? <laughs> fruit and veggie playset. I uh, love that. Uh, and just like life size, I like can get like, like think geek, think geek used to offer like lightsaber forks and stuff like that. Like I'd want it in my house. Um, and then uh, I, and maybe they have this. Refresh my mind. I don't think to do a Lux Bonteri commando action figure in the armor. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. I was taking a swing. Yeah, no, I'd love that. And then um, uh, to honor this wonderful character, give me a Black Series six inch Stila Guerrera. I think I think we need that. Ooh, that would be great. Would you want? I mean, the Black Series are always real, sort of real, quote unquote, <laughs> realistic style, right? They're never okay. in. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'd want the realistic one, kind of similar to the, the hero one, the original, the, the first uh, go around of the Ahsoka characters, uh, Kanan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give me, give me that. Uh, the character deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Uh, you could give me a giant pack and, and uh, have her riding a rupine. That's <laughs> there you go. That's cool. Uh, I Googled to confirm that, yes, the, the only way Lux Bonteri is available is as a custom action figure. Um, I'm glad I looked that up because under the Googles, people also ask questions. The first two questions are, does Lux Bonteri like Ahsoka? Does Lux have a crush on Ahsoka? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Um, yes. So wait, you're telling me we don't even have a Lux? We don't have any Lux yet? Uh, the the this is the tragedy we start out with that clone wars of this like every early the early seasons they have a lot of the figures and then it it backs off. That uh, is tragic. Deeply, deeply tragic. You know who else we don't have, uh, which I would like, is uh, for action figures. 
I, I would like what I'm calling night action Saw Gerrera. I love his look <laughs> when he's trying to rescue Dendup with, with the hood up. Yes. That cool climbing rope and, uh, and moral ambiguity action. Oh, he's, he's so great. Love, love that. that. Uh, you said you had three, right? That was it. Uh, King Rash, okay. Fruit Bowl, Lux, Stila. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, I, will, uh, I will go with your Fruit Bowl in a slight addition. Um, I would like an actual functioning laser guillotine to cut apples for me. <laughs> I think that would go well. No, no accidents. It would be perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, when my wife and I were uh, getting uh, ready to get married and, and starting a, a registry, I told her, like, I want to try to eat a little bit healthier. So uh, I, I want to put an apple cutter uh, on our registry. And she was like, uh, I will be your apple cutter. I will cut apples for you. <laughs> and uh, it's been a joke uh, with us for uh, quite a long time now that sometimes she calls herself uh, apple cutter, which is That's hilarious. very, very nice of her. And I do cut apples myself sometimes. But boy, would it be easier with a laser space guillotine? <laughs> well, I have one of those apple cutters and I'm always you know, pricking my fingers when you have to, the, the two slices get stuck in it. You're like, yeah, shaking it around. So yeah, give me the guillotine version. It does not work well. Uh, she has taught me how to actually cut apples in a, in a practical way. Love it. So next up is a huge, another huge arc, in my opinion. Season 5, episode 6 through 9, The Gathering Arc. This, Ken, is one of my favorite arcs. There's mm. so much going on with uh, with Jedi lore, with youngling lore, with more Hondo adventures. And uh, just to, just to you know, pique people's curiosity... Uh, a character that we do not talk about enough, uh, the Gamorian clown is coming up. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I, I can't wait because I love always love the gathering, but then it, it, the, when it gets to the circus stuff, I remember not loving it as much. And, and the journey I've always been on here in this Clones Report is to like, can I go back to those Rift Tamsin moments? And what can I find now? <laughs> as uh, the way I take in Star Wars has changed over the years, always with joy, always with love. But um I'm excited to look at that Gamorian uh, clown with a new new eye. Yeah, I can't wait to see if uh, if you become a fan of the Gamorian clown, such as myself. <laughs> what should the uh, moral of this episode of our podcast be? Oh my gosh, uh, convict yourself. Find not convict yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I am guilty of uh, being tired today. Um, find the conviction to keep your podcast going, but it will take perseverance. <laughs> A lot of perseverance uh, to keep the old podcast going. A great moral. Uh, we always are uh, trying to uh, be up upfront and honest on the podcast that we are sharing our opinions and uh, understand if people have different opinions. And we like to uh, remind uh, people of that when we tackle these episodes that do uh, touch on real world stuff. There's so many different uh, lenses uh, to look at uh, stories like this through. And we are very respectful that there are a lot of different ways to look at it and a lot of different opinions. Uh, we are uh, sharing ours and looking at it through this uh, Star Wars lens. So we hope everybody enjoyed. Ken, uh, anything to add? No, I agree with that sem- sentiment. Uh, like I said earlier, if you want to push me off uh, some of the, the, the cliffs I've stood up uh, on today, that's fine. Usually it's an old Republic fan who's like, Malgus was right and the Jedi were wrong. But that's, that's a conversation. <laughs> no, always we approach with joy and love and, and I love when Star Wars has answers, and I love when it has questions that maybe don't have clear answers. A lot of fun to discuss. Yeah, a lot of questions, maybe some answers. Who knows? Where can people find us? We have concrete answers to that. We do. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. It's a chance to remind you, if you're listening 
when this episode's released in March of 2022, sometimes I know you come to these episodes a little bit later, but we are doing our first ever live Force Center Q&A on YouTube, cameras and all, maybe a special guest or two. That is going to be on Friday, March 11th, 4 p.m. Pacific time. We'll tweet out all the information, get you all hyped up for that. We're about a week away from that. Uh, you can uh, like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, my friend BC just picked up a uh, Speculate Responsibly t-shirt. He texts me. He's like, I got a shirt. I got a shirt. I <laughs> uh, love that. You can support us directly at uh, patreon.com slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots. Uh, of course, the big ones like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey as well. Let's not forget that. iHeartRadio. And our home is Acast. Uh, you can follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com, for information on all the things I do, including my music show, Pop Rock and Radio on Mixcloud. Joseph, what about you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all my other comedy adventures and other podcasts on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for those two droids that the rooping just dropped in the middle of the sky, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.